Welcome to After Further Reveal. And welcome back, everyone. We have a fun way to start the show. Some card trivia right away. You guys ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Diving right in. I like it. All right. We're starting the card trivia at the beginning instead of the end this time. So we've got two cards as usual. We have a 2014 Prism, Joel Embiid, <laughs> PSA 10. It is a pop 1,562 with a 2,933 total. And then the second card is a 2022 Topps Chrome Update Sapphire, which is the brand of card, Bobby Witt Jr., PSA 10. Mm. 29 of them with 37 graded total which one is more expensive it's a tough one i mean i'm just gonna go mb because i'm gonna be mad if i don't choose mb and it's mb so i'm going to <laughs> true yeah my heart says mb but i'm gonna go with the bobby witt card it is bobby witt uh ding, the mb is 150 dollars, and the bobby witt is 400 what so chase getting right back off not where you left off last time. Chase four and one. Yeah. Ryan, I have not kept track of yours, but it's yeah. not as good. I feel like I'm a solid two, two, and one. Maybe there's like a push in there. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for entertaining the uh, the fun little card trivia to start this time. Did anyone do anything fun over the weekend? Yeah. Actually, I went to my first ever Hershey Bears game. Um, for the listeners out there who don't know, they're the minor league team of the Washington Capitals. Um, pretty exciting. They're actually in first place in their division right now, and they were playing the second place Providence Bruins. The atmosphere was hype. A lot of people come out and support the the Bears around the Harrisburg area. Um, so it was it was a packed house. Uh, the game wasn't as exciting. They ended up losing one nothing. Uh, there were no fights, and literally the guy that I was hosing the whole game on the Bruins, he went to the box penalty box like three times for tripping. I just kept making fun of him from the stands. And with five minutes to go in the game, he was the one that scored. And I was just super salty about it. Because I was like, oh, well, maybe we'll get to see like a shootout or something. I don't know. I've never seen that live in a, in a hockey game. But yeah, it was like the first time in like 15 years I've been to a hockey game. But yeah, that was my weekend. It's pretty fun. Nice. Yeah, the Hershey Bears are awesome. I feel like for a minor league team, they're super close by. And they just have a like their stadium seems pretty big, too, for being like a hockey stadium. But um, yeah, last week I was listening to Derek Wolf on Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, mostly because he was a former Raven and just recently retired. And if you haven't been paying attention to the NFL, the Ravens uncharacteristically last week had a lot of drama surrounding the organization. One of the wide receivers was ripping the GM and the head coach, and then the strength conditioning coordinator got fired and they got an F on their report card. So it was just a lot going on. And in the midst of all this, Lamar Jackson, who got the tag this week, uh, all the drama was leading up about who, if he was going to be with the team, if he wasn't. So for me, listening to Derek Wolf possibly talk about the Ravens was enticing enough just to hear what he had to say. While he was talking on the interview, though, something interesting came out. And he talked about while he was in the NFL, about two years into his career, he started to microdose mushrooms and drink a little slushy drink before the games and another one at halftime. So during the game, yeah, he would be not full on tripping and having like crazy illusions and 
yeah out of body still. experiences yeah just enough though and he said it really helped him focus in the game and slow the game down and really be able to tell because he would say like an average play lasts three seconds three to five seconds depending and in that three seconds he would be able to line up get off the ball make all of his moves against a uh, tackle and then make a play and it all felt like a minute and it was happening within three seconds he would watch the film and it would just look so slow for him but the thing that really stands out to me is that there's a lot of athletes recently that have talked about using different substances during the game to help them because uh, i think it's a dirty business but a lot of them get hooked on pills for kind of no reason for not being able to use other substances that are going to help them so for Derek wolf to be honest about using mushrooms to help him in the game and his body and stuff like that. And he was really coming to grips with who he was as a person too. He had a horrible life as a child. So he had a lot of unresolved issues and he's playing the most violent sport in the world. So how do you kind of balance those things and become a, you know, a good human being? So I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. Is that, is that legal in the NFL? Like if he were, was he, did he pass drug tests? I'm just I don't yeah because I, I thought the same thing so I guess they don't test for mushrooms or is like the amount because he's microdosing it wasn't enough to <laughs> to ever come up yeah I would think he obviously got tested right I'm just curious but yeah I guess not because he said he did it for most of his career okay that's what he was doing and uh I don't know just maybe take a Percy Harvin when he came out and talked about how he ran a kickback and yeah. he was he smoked like a joint before the game and I don't know. There's just so many people that I'm like, I don't understand why it's so taboo. Like you're asking these people to do a lot, put their body at risk for our entertainment. And it matters what they do outside of it, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, I always think of Calvin Johnson because he yeah. is like a big advocate and he retired early because of all the injuries and he's been a big advocate for um, weed. And I think he has his own business and yeah. marijuana want business too. So it's, you know, they should be able to do other they should be able to explore other avenues to help their body that isn't pills so i good for him yeah yeah no i was really happy that he came out and spoke about it yeah that's crazy i was literally just going to ask if it's legal too i mean nfl i feel like they don't get in trouble as much with like steroids and stuff sometimes like baseball players i mean i know Mm -hmm. it happens but you don't always hear as much about them not passing drug tests and stuff like that so that's a pretty neat story and then leagues like the ufc and the nba kind of don't test for stuff anymore like they don't even bother with it for them it's going to save out money and if it's not actually performance enhancing then it's like what's the point you know i mean ufc has usada but they there's pretty easy ways to get around usada right yeah and that's more for like steroid right right like yeah real put some effort into cheating not just yes. put some effort into grinding up some weed and put it in a bowl smoke yeah. it on the way to the practice yeah yeah that's wild and kind of going from one violent sport to another um obviously big fight night this past saturday night wondering if any of these guys ever do anything before the games but um yeah i don't know if you guys wanted to talk about it that was a wild card from top to bottom a huge upset in there yeah, so UFC 285, obviously, I think it lived up to all the hype around it. I mean, the main card was crazy impressive, and then the undercard, there was some great fights there, too. Um, for me, the one of the guys that really stood out was Rachmanov. I mean, he's, he's I think, number six now in the rankings, um, just behind Burns. He's the, he's the real deal. 
Uh, he wants Covington next. And I think realistically, he's probably should be a win away, but probably two wins away from a title shot. And he, I mean, he showed everything tonight. He shows he has a, or last, last fight, and he showed he has a chin. And, you know, to get in a war with a guy like Neil, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, he really put it to him and just walked through him, basically. And it's neat because you don't know what he's going to do. He's really, unex- like, you can't determine what kind of finish he's going to come up with. I mean, 17 wins and all 17 are finishes. That's yep. pretty dynamic. That's absolutely that's not. outrageous. And I was also pretty impressed with um, Drickus Duplee mm-hmm. against Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson thought would show out a little bit more. It looked like maybe he was hurt. I don't know what the whole yeah. situation there was was with him. In that first round, it looked like he was – it looked like he just gassed out after that first round or something. Um, I mean, it looked like the first round, it was – it might have even been 10-9 Brunson. But then he just – but he he got dominated after that. Yeah, something was definitely wrong with him. And uh, Ian Gary put the bra- beat the brakes off of Sonkin on. That was a no-doubt decision there. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I'm one, he's got to – he's going to get a step up next time for sure. Right. Going to the co-main event, Alexa Grasso, Valentina Shevchenko. I think a lot of people were kind of putting on Shevchenko to maybe get a loss here just because of every, all her, um, what she has going on outside the octagon. She uh, filmed a movie, just being champ for as long as she has, maybe she didn't really take it as much. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but DC brought up a great point about Alexa Grasso. She's also commentating and that also could have, helped her when it came to watching the tape, knowing her opponent, where her weaknesses were and how to really attack it. Yeah, I was just, I was stunned that she got the win. I mean, throughout the fight, she definitely looked like she was more comfortable in there. Um, And then as soon as Shevchenko made that mistake, that spinning kick, I mean, she just wrapped up on her and it was game over. Um, Yeah, I haven't, I mean, that was one of the biggest upsets I think in a while, at least odds wise, yeah. um, a plus 600, 650 favorite, uh, underdog beating a minus 1000 favorite and probably one of the greatest women's, uh, UFC fighters ever. Yeah. I mean, Valentina Shevchenko and Amanda Nunes, both their losses. I mean, it's just, it looks like being champ got to like, you yeah. know, that fire kind of burned out and it's hard. I mean, Conor McGregor talks about all the time. It's hard to be a savage when you wake up in silk sheets on your yacht in the middle east like it's real hard yeah so i mean i could see it but then you have a guy who definitely does not subscribe to that notion at all john jones came in against cyril gone i was feeling nervous my hands were shaking i was a little sweaty watching him walk out of course right before he gets in the octagon the officials come over check him for his toe tape make sure it's legal i kind of thought they might stop the fight there but he makes it in there takes care of cyril gone in the first round yeah, he talked about in this post-fight interview that if they stop him from ever wearing tape, he's never getting in that octagon again. So they, they better figure that out. Um, yeah, just, I mean, I don't think, I love Khabib, but I don't think it's any doubt at this point in UFC who the GOAT is. I mean, it's there's not a lot of sports where there's undisputed GOATs. Um, and I think at this point, it's hard to argue against Jones. Having one loss on this record is really not an actual loss with the uh the elbows so it just he proved to everyone he's just he's free he's a freak yeah he's unbelievable and uh him and francis are legitimately two people that power is on another sheet 
no one else compares to it. When John Jones grapples someone and can manhandle them, he did it to DC twice. He did it to Cyril Gaon. It doesn't make any sense. He seems smaller than all these people, but when he grabs them, it's like he might as well just be a Mack truck and they're just a, a smart car. Like, there's no in-between. And I really think it's a shame that they're probably never going to fight. I saw that John Jones's business manager wanted to reach out and possibly make amends and maybe get Francis back. But I don't, Dana White seems pretty steadfast on not, not bringing him back. Yeah. White said Ninganu's never going to fight in the octagon again. So yeah. That's pretty think, tough. Yeah. I think he's done. Um, we're going to, I'll play the clip actually, but Dana said that, um, he found out afterwards that Jones has a uh, has a had an after party in Vegas after the fight, and he was like, "We got to get that dude on a on a plane back ASAP out of here." <laughs> so yeah, funny. well, he's the one that scheduled the fight here after a year ago said he wasn't going to do this. He said so he had to know this was going to happen. He said multiple times throughout the uh, post fight press conference that he's like, "We got to charter that guy a plane and get him out of here." Very dampener on, on Jones' major success that he has right here, but um, he said he's not getting lit this weekend. But he's got an after party here in Vegas. Does that at all worry you slightly? He has an after party party here. Yes, he does. I think it's at Hakkasan. Not that I'm plugging tickets. Already. There's a billboard for it on the street. Is there really? Yeah. So does that does that worry you at all slightly? I mean, it does a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Thank like you, I said, I told Hunter, charter a fucking plane and get him back to Mexico ASAP. I didn't know he had an after party, but. Yeah, I can't believe he didn't have that already set up. I mean. Yeah, no. And looking, I was looking at the um, heavyweight rankings, just one through 10. And I know he's he's got the Stipe fight. He's excited about the Stipe fight. But besides that, I mean, I don't see really anyone that is even a challenge like yeah, that even yeah. is going to put up a fight uh against him yeah the only one would be francis and he's not even on the it's 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 a shame honestly because he moved up and this is probably going to be his toughest fight against outside of steep a but i don't know maybe out of nowhere a real heavyweight contender emerges somehow you know yeah. but i don't see it one guy i'm looking at um he's ranked i think 13th right now um Hijalin Almeida, I might have screwed up. Oh, yeah, the name. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's four and since coming to the UFC off a of win, um, off the contender series, um, four and since then. And I think he's won his last like nine. Um, but he's got a big fight, big step up in May, um, against Jazia Rosenstrike. And if he can win that, um, I, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be Jones, but just a, there's not a lot of like super exciting heavyweights, um, no, I don't wise. Think. Yeah. 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 It's tough. And uh, I don't know. And it's funny because Stylebender always joked about moving up and facing John Jones, but I think that would be a horrible mistake if he actually really wanted to do that. There is no doubt he would beat him up and submit him. Blahovich manhandled him. He's not going <laughs> to, he's not going to. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I love Izzy. I love his style, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's that size advantage is, and the power difference is so off the charts. It's not even comparable. Yeah, wait, and so just real quick for like a non UFC fan, Francis, like he kind of self claims himself as the heavyweight champ still, right? And what did he just decide to leave the UFC, or did he get kicked out? They so they didn't con didn't come to an agreement for a contract, so they basically released him. 
Um, okay. He was, there's always going to be two sides to it. He was basically, he wanted a lot of money, but he also was trying to get like healthcare um, and things like that, which the UFC is pretty crappy on, to be honest. But um, he also was looking for a fight, like a big money fight, like potentially like Tyson Fury, um, maybe even Anthony Joshua, something that in boxing that could land him a big payday. But it is, it's tough as a UFC fan to watch like the current heavyweight champ who just beat Stipe, who Stipe at the time is considered the greatest heavyweight of all time. If John, if John beats him, which he probably will, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> People will consider that, but yeah. Does he still, does Francis still fight? He hasn't since he def- got his title. He's just been out. He had so he also yeah he had two torn ACLs I think or two MCLs or something. What? Yeah, he blew out both his knees, went in, faced Cyril gone, and then beat him up on the ground. <laughs> after he never did that in his career. Yeah, well, that's why after seeing that, I was like, okay, if Cyril gone's just gonna get manhandled on the ground yeah. by Francis, no offense to Francis, and he's got no shot against John. Right. And John Jones just did the same thing. It's yeah. it's tough because I feel like Sirogan really felt the moment. It was almost like when Jose Aldo faced Conor McGregor and he just mm. was beat mentally before he even got in the ring. So I just like, re- you could yeah, anyone could watch highlights and just before the fight even started, McGregor was just loose, ready to go, and Aldo just looked like so tense. Yeah. Yeah. McGregor looked like an uncaged lion and and Aldo was just the little gazelle, and he was like, "Damn, I'm not getting out of this octagon alive." And he did. He got knocked out in nine seconds, so it worked yeah. out. Yeah, it was a it was a crazy card and really good one. And we got a few good ones coming up too. Oh yeah, the action does not stop with this card. It feels like it should, but it doesn't. This weekend we have Peter Jan, Barab, Davisha, Wheelie. I think I got that right. <laughs> Closer uh, than I would have gotten. Yeah. But this is a really important main event for the bandwagon division. Peter Jan, obviously coming off his losses, uh, lost his belt. And uh, Marab's looking to obviously keep establishing himself. A plus two, this is according to ESPN, a plus 205 underdog against Peter Jan. That's kind of steep, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Jan, the, the loss, his last loss was pretty surprising. I think everyone kind of thought he was just going to go in there and get his title back, and he didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, the, before that, obviously, he faced Sean, but that was a yeah, question. Yeah, he's 0-2, but you yeah. could make a call that he, you know, shouldn't be 0-2 for those fights. Right. Uh, yeah, and then after that, we have Edwards Usman 3, March yeah, which we're all watching together, so. Yeah, that's going to be oh, a big right, one. Chase. You're coming up for that. Yep, I will be there in person watching this huge card. I thought the John's, John Jones card was good. That was just really a kickoff this year. Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman, three. Um, Leon obviously knocked out Kamaru in the fifth round. Super dramatic, living up to his nickname, Rocky. Uh, has the belt now, has the fight against Kamaru. And the co-main, Justin Gaethje, Rafael Faiziev, great fight. Great, great fight. fight. It should be, no doubt, hands only. I don't yep. see any grappling happening here. Just gonna, they're gonna get after it. I don't even think it's gonna last the entire round. Somebody's probably getting knocked out in this one. Gagey's fights always surprise me because they always seem like they should be done after the first round. They just become yeah. all out wars. Yeah, they're they're almost too strong for their own benefit where they won't go out. Neither all of his opponents, he won't go out. So it's just a bloodbath. 
five round. I think it's five rounds, right? Is it if the main it's not, event? That's a shame. No, it's the co-main. I think it's three. Oh, oh, three. All right. Well, it doesn't matter. It's probably only going one or two. So. Yeah. What? Unless it's like the main event. Unless it's like a yeah a title co-main. fight. It's usually only three, right? Yeah. Sometimes they've made exceptions though to extend yeah, the whole so, action. This is. I mean, this is still a big step up though for. Uh, Raphael, because I mean, his last he's got like Brad Riddle, Bobby Green, and then Dos Anjos. So, yeah. Gage is a, I mean, it's a big step up for him. And this card's sprinkled throughout Marvin Vittori, Roman Dolizzi, that little yeah. bit down there for the middleweight division. Big fight. Obviously, the middleweight division is stacked as ever, but they're always looking for new contenders. Jack Shore, Maquan Amir Khani, that's a good fight. Yeah. Never know what you're going to get with Amir County. He could go out there, give you a solid performance, or get shelled in 30 seconds and be out of there. So it's either going to be a tough test for Jack Shore or it's going to be an easy day in the office. And throughout that, yeah. Yeah, no, there's some good Stacked ones. They might month. even, I don't know if they're going to add one or two because I saw there was a couple that got canceled also. Um, so I don't know if they're going to add another one, but either yeah, way, it'll cool. be a really good card. Uh, I, the one fight I wanted just to talk about quick on the fight night for next week was the Volkov um, Romano fight. Yes. Um, that fight, either Volkov's going to like knock him out late or it's going to be just laying there on the ground with Herb Dean telling him to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be one By the way, two. Herb Dean, did you see him last week when he lost the mouthpiece? <laughs> Bro, real, real, real Herb. quick for everyone. Herb Dean is—he's one of the officials. Yeah, I love him, but dude, he brings all the criticism to himself. He's really a decent ref, but he does not ever help himself. Mm-hmm. And Shavkat Rachmanov and Jeff Neal, Shavkat lost his mouthpiece, and it was a black mouthpiece, and it happened to land on the black lettering in the octagon, which seems unbelievable because it's mostly gray, so you would easily see it. Herb Dean misses it for most of a round. Then it gets to the point where the commentators of the fight are yelling at Herb Dean during live action to stop the fight to pick up the mouthpiece because it went on for so long. And it was almost a joke that he didn't even notice it. <laughs> Love yeah. Herb, but that's such a Herb thing to do. <laughs> such a Herb thing. If he's man. not stopping the fight early, he's losing mouth- people's mouthpieces. Oh, no, but Chase, you're going to be coming up for a hype a hype weekend because not only is it that big fight night but also it's going to be the first weekend of march madness which is the best weekend of march madness probably the best weekend in march yep and i know next week we'll probably really dive into it because the bracket will be out but i mean we can touch on it here shortly because there's a there's a couple probably going to be high seeding teams that aren't usually high seeding teams and college basketball i know alabama's playing really well this year which is kind of annoying because they dominate football ucla's kind of made a run this year and the the big one of the not a big story but one of the really cool stories is always like the smaller schools first time making it and i saw kennesaw state after winning the asun tournament gets an automatic bid obviously into the into the dance and pretty pretty incredible i saw it was like their first time they finished 500 since they went d1 like 20 years ago and in 2020 that i think it was the first year that coach got there they went 
one in 28. So to take a couple of his freshmen and kind of turn the entire organization around is, it's pretty unbelievable. I saw they actually won. It was like the last year they were in D2. They won the D2 March Madness bracket and then they became a D1 school. But I mean, unless they get like a 14 or 15 seed, they're, they're probably going to get blown out first round. But I mean, you never know now, ever since Virginia lost a few years ago, mm-hmm. honestly, anything's possible. And I'm excited. I'm going to be more excited when the bracket comes out, but it's a lot. There's a lot going on this year in college basketball that we haven't even talked about at all yet. And the traditional blue buds are struggling this year, like Duke, North Carolina, the typical powerhouses, Kentucky, kind of, you know, not really what they were 10, 15, you know, their legacy schools. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the coaches gone. Nova, Jay Wright's gone. And unless they somehow win the Big East tournament, they're probably not going to get a bid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was looking at even like the bubble and the first four out and next four out type stuff. And the teams on there, I was like, teams usually in the tournament you had like like mm-hmm. you just said north carolina wisconsin michigan oklahoma state oregon teams that you're used to seeing and they're yeah. just not even in right now at you least being like, like a seven or ten seed or something yeah yeah and even like penn state just had a big win too over the weekend and they're at mm-hmm. this point projected to be in i think first time since 2011 so that'll be yeah. exciting for penn state fans yeah, yeah the big 10 is loaded this year yeah it's a big- stack conference <laughs> Big Ten's loaded, and Penn State got I, – they have, a, like – they probably have, like, a six or seven-guy rotation, and they're basically all seniors. So, you know you know that their senior class is always doing work with all that chemistry all those years, and yeah. Penn State's showing out. They're probably – they're going to be decent. I mean, maybe not, like, a high seed, but they'll have a chance first, second round to get some wins. It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a Nova fan at heart, but I'm excited to see Penn State back. Yes, the senior teams are always scary. I remember back in in high school, I picked Mercer to beat Duke. I think it was a 14-3 matchup. Mercer, five straight, five seniors starting, and they got the dub. Although Duke's been susceptible to some first-round losses between that, Lehigh. Lehigh. Lehigh was a big one, that 15-2 matchup. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot. And Ben, your UConn squad's doing good. I know. Yeah, they should be a top four seed this year. Um, Obviously, it depends on – I think they're ranked 11th, but it depends on – what happens in the big east because that's up for grabs i think creighton probably the favorite but they've been in four big east championships and they've never actually won the championship mm. so we'll see um, but they've had adama sanagu i think is his name um, and he was like the projected biggest preseason player of the year uh, so we'll see if he can deliver but it's exciting to have them have them in there as a top seed you know i'll be picking them to go go pretty far um, but it, it just looking at like the you know, the whole field, it's, it seems, I know every year it feels wide open, but this year, especially it's like just having Houston and Alabama as like the two favorites is just does not feel like either of them are going to win. Yeah. It's bizarre. <laughs> and then UCLA who they're, I think their best uh, def- wing defender is out for the rest of the year. Um, so that's going to definitely hurt them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. A lot of times when we, when I make my picks, I never like to pick all one fours going for, and half the time it bites me in the butt. But this year I'm excited because I love picking upsets, and this this is the year. Like, the, I don't know. There's just so much talent across all the teams that are most likely going to be in it. Obviously, we'll be able to break it down more next week. And also just want to give – I know the 
uh, West Coast, the West Coast Conference always gets a lot of hate. And I saw their only projected Gonzaga and St. Mary's like normal. I saw Pepperdine had like one win this year in the conference. But what was their free throw percentage? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Well, we got a, we got one buddy out there that's a big Gonzaga hater because the West Coast Conference doesn't have a lot of talent, and I can't really argue it this year because I mean St. Mary's is usually pretty competitive, and it's they're actually better this year than normal, though. Yeah, yeah, no, they're having a. I think they're they're ranked, um, but it's just it's just funny because it's usually just Gonzaga and basically no one else out of that conference. Yeah. Say for the record, Pepperdine is the not the top free throw percentage team this year it's actually villanova i guess it's not a good it's not a good thing to be a good free throw they're the only team in ncaa division one over 80 percent and unless unless justin moore and caleb daniels turn it on in the big east tournament they are probably out which is kind of sad but also coaching change yeah just like duke and syracuse it's going to be interesting with Bayheim now i think they're probably out this year. Yeah. Another big team. They just lost to in the AC. Okay, yeah. So they're not going to make it, most likely. But yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, sure we'll we're going to dive in next week. We don't want to give our bracket picks next week, but we're going to probably can give some maybe upset predictions and stuff like that. Oh, predictions, Ben. We forgot to mention you're two and zero now on your after further review picks. Oh yeah, two and zero. And I got another pick actually while we're on it. Just right now. Um, so the players' championship is this week, and my pick is Ricky Fowler to be a uh, top thirty plus one thirty-five. I like Whoa. it. I saw um, the is it? I saw the PGA <clears throat> was um, they are making it that there are going to be no more cuts anymore. I don't know if that starts yet or not, but that would be huge. I don't know if it starts until next season, but yeah, I don't think that starts yet. But he's been playing a lot better in general, and I think he switched. Um, he switched his coach, so I'm going to go with him. And for top 30, he doesn't need to win. So, I mean, he's been – I think he's got four top 30s in a row to start the year. Um, so, I You got, like, you I got like odds chances. on that pick? Mm. Yeah, it's plus 135. Ricky Fowler, mm. top 30 finish, plus 135. You heard it here first. Ben going for 3-0 and on after further review. Chase and I are combined 0-1, haven't – haven't touched on much yet, but yeah. Ben, I'm in. I'm in for this. But I'm sure we'll make another pick uh, before March Madness as well. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, no, I'm I'm excited, and I think we're gonna take a quick break, real quick, on after further review, episode five, going strong so far. And when we come back, we got World Baseball Classic starting, some NFL offseason talk and as well as a few other things. So we'll see you soon. Welcome to the break. We got a trivia question for you guys. What Phillies player had the most doubles in a single season since 1950? Stay tuned for the answer at the end of the show. And welcome back to After Further Review. We have the World Baseball Classic. We're only two games in, but some pretty exciting action so far. We got two games tonight as well. Um, first game that happened on Tuesday, Netherlands beat Cuba four to two. That was a fun start to the world baseball classic. You had a uh, Didi getting, getting a clutch, uh, clutch double. And then Simmons with, of course, a nice single. So he's batting two fifty. Um, but overall a good, a good way to start the, uh, start the game and start the world baseball classic. And then your, your team, Ryan Panama 
getting a big 12-5 win, uh, statement win to, to start. So your, your underdog is looking good. Yeah, huge pick. I mean, we all have Netherlands coming out of the bracket first, and I think you two have Cuba and I have Panama. So it's a huge win, not only for Panama, but Cuba getting the loss. So already, already looking in good shape. And I literally started freaking out, Ben, because do you know who was the starting pitcher for the Panama team in this game? Who was it? It's Humberto Mejia, who's apparently he's in the Mets farm system right now. And I literally thought that that was the guy that oh got like, gosh. that got like, did he get like Henry Mejia? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Ruben Tejada who went off for Panama. No, I just saw H Mejia when I first looked at the box and I was like, if that's the guy from the Mets who got suspended, oh. banned from the league, but now it's Humberto. Oh, Ruben Tejada was batting fifth and went two for four. Yeah, he put the work in. You know, Ruben Tejada, Mr. Mr. Chase Utley. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Luis Castillo with a money catch, too, getting clobbered. That might be the catch of the tournament. Yeah. Out right field, running back towards the warning track and just colliding with the center fielder. That was pretty ridiculous. Either way, I don't, I don't even know where we're at right now. But the fact yeah. of the matter is Panna's offense exploded and their pitching did well enough to beat um, Chinese Taipei, Taiwan. And, yeah, but uh, it gets crazy. There's a lot of games coming up this weekend. I think the U.S. plays Great Britain first on Saturday. I know Adam Wainwright's pitching. The Great Britain team has not come out with a starting pitcher yet, but you just know it's about to be Vance Worley, Chase. Yeah, you know he might get two innings, but you know he's going to start that game just for the veteran leadership. Oh, and yeah. Hey, he could wind back the clock and throw in a gem. Two innings, that's not too hard to get to. A couple ground balls here. Maybe gives up a single. Gets out of there alive. But, yeah, Didi Gregorius, I got to say, after an unceremonious exit with the Phillies, just releasing him onto the street, comes up with a massive classic Didi hit yep. to put him ahead. Love to see yeah. it. Yeah, and I couldn't believe Cespedes' cleanup for Cuba. I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. He can really turn it. I have a feeling he's going to get some money out of this somehow. Somehow, some way. He might be using this as a showcase. I don't know if he has interest in coming back at, at all. but Yeah, I think a lot of people have to use this as a showcase because, I mean, the Netherlands profile, I don't think he signed anywhere yet. It's true. So, I mean... What's a better way than do it? I'd rather play in this than spring training as a as like a you know a tryout. Yeah, yeah. More pe- more people are watching. The atmosphere is electric, so yeah. you, you have like big moments. And people are gonna remember that. I mean, I think Stroman. I like obviously he was dominant when he was playing, but a lot of that I feel like still glows around him in a way. I mean, it's yeah. a few years past now, but at the time, yeah. Yeah, and then he switched to Puerto Rico after beating them in the championship. Yeah. So he's a traitor. So we can only hope he has that one infinite ERA at the end of this tournament. Yeah, but ultimately, I mean, the tournament starts. It started last late last night, late Tuesday night. But this Saturday is when it really gets juicy. That's when pool C and D start. I know you got, as I said before, the U.S. and Great Britain, they play Saturday at 9. You have a big game at seven, the Dominican Republic versus Venezuela. I think Saturday is when it's really going to get 
get exciting and a lot of a lot of fun games to watch that the full slate of games that day and Sunday as well and yeah I mean so far so good for our brackets and we'll see how we'll see how good from there yeah Netherlands look like they're already just going to walk away with the title at this point um but just I just hot. wanted to touch <laughs> I just want to touch on Panama so they obviously got got the win today and you're they're your Cinderella team Ryan um but who scheduled who made their schedule? Because they have the absolute roughest schedule I've ever seen for the World Baseball Classic. They played two games today, first of all, which I don't know why any team has to play two games. Not to mention, then they play another game Thursday and another game Friday, and that's before like half the half the even World Baseball Classic <laughs> plays. Wait, so their pool's <laughs> done before pool yeah. even starts? Yes, they play all four games by Friday, and they play yeah. four games in three days. This and is that's like a before, little league schedule. And that's before most of the teams even start. So I don't understand what happened with Panama, but they got screwed. All right. So <laughs> when this show when this show drops, just to let you know, Panama is going to be three and out on their way to <laughs> on their way to a, a top two spot out of the pool. But it's just wild. They're the only team that has to play. Like I don't understand. They played um what they played this morning, right? Yeah. Yeah, they played this morning, and then they played tonight at 11 o'clock against the Netherlands, probably their toughest game. Well, maybe Well, maybe it was like – because aren't they playing – they're playing – maybe it was like nighttime where they're playing, and then, and then this is like morning time now. I'm pretty sure – aren't they playing in, in Tokyo or somewhere in Asia? Um yeah, I forget what they're playing. To get our this Netherlands game play. is going to be tough. Who do they that's got t- next? They got Netherlands tonight. That's a oh, tough game. Panama Netherlands games? Oh. Yeah. That's going to be a great game. I, I want to watch some of that, but that's t- That's a tough turnaround. And you kind of you said I spent a lot of energy earlier. I don't have the times, but the official schedule shows that they have two games on March 8th. Yeah. And then another game March 9th and another game March 10th. Absolute garbage. Which, my Cinderella team. But I don't under like not half the games don't start till Saturday. So who decided that? I definitely should have done my research. I'm definitely a little sweaty. <laughs> like oh, yeah, they're the, in Taiwan. They're in Taiwan. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But like the Netherlands, for example, they played Tuesday, the March 7th, and they played tonight. Then the Netherlands plays doesn't play again until Saturday. Okay, okay, okay. It's only it's like nine a.m. in Taiwan right now, so they played. But technically, last, it was yesterday. So they just played really late last night, and then they have a morning game today. <laughs> That's <laughs> trash. <laughs> what? That's just. I mean, it's I maybe it's fine for them, but I would think that's kind of like. Any world history buffs out there? Does Taiwan and Panama beef? I don't know. That's a good question. Taiwan and Panama. But anyway, what just would so they beef I just, over? I saw that and just thought that was nuts because I had to do a double take, and no other team really has to has to go through that to that extent. So yeah, and they literally use six of their pitchers. Yeah, already. So and there's a pitch limit, right? You can only pitch like sixty pitches or something like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're counting on the run rule. If they, I think, can run a team, they only have to play seven innings. 
No, but we'll have to, I mean, obviously next week we'll be able to really recap more of the games and really see how our bracket's doing. But it's a fun start. And, yeah, Chase, I mean, we'll have to see how the game turns out upon the show um, posting. But the Netherlands-Panama game tonight's an early exciting one to watch. Um, But, yeah, did anyone else have anything else to touch on before we move on to the NFL? No, let's do it. Yeah. All right, so, yeah. Chase, Ben, I don't know which one of you want to go. Which one of you want to go yeah, I first? Mean, but I just wanted to see how, what Chase's reaction was. Just obviously, one of the big stories coming out was Lamar. Um, kind of a tough situation all around, but just seeing what happened last year with Deshaun Watson, and now kind of seeing what's happening with Lamar. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, because originally, once the tag deadline was going to be in effect i thought it was going to be the exclusive rights he can't negotiate with any other team it kind of made sense however it's a 45 million dollar cap it it's pretty heavy and the ravens i guess kind of figure at the same time well we'll give him the non-exclusive he can negotiate with other teams and let's let other teams try to work this out because lamar the player is different from lamar the agent and lamar the agent i don't think really knows just takes a lot of the business personally and uh, I had not having an agent where the agent would kind of absorb a lot of that contact and just give him the pieces that he needs to know and everything. But Lamar really wants a guaranteed deal. He feels that Deshaun Watson got one and he's a better player than Deshaun. And I can't argue meritly. Yeah. That he's a better player, but he also hasn't been on the field. He's only played 11 games. He doesn't, he wasn't around in the playoffs when they did make it this year. He wasn't on the sideline, whether or not that was an injury or, or a sickness, it doesn't matter. He wasn't there when a lot of other quarterbacks would have been there. So for him, and a lot of people keep saying he has a lot of leverage and I don't see how he does. He, he isn't on the field. Jalen Hurts is up for a contract. He's going to take money, but he's not going to hurt his team in the process because he still wants weapons. Joe Burrow is already on the record saying that he's going to take less money to help the team out. And Lamar hasn't said anything other than he wants guaranteed money, which doesn't help the team out. So if another team wants that, and a lot of teams are saying they don't, but it could be a smokescreen. It's allowed to the draft. So really overall, I just think uh, it's interesting. I don't think that anyone else is going to give him a guaranteed contract. So I don't know how this is going to end up to just looking at it. I don't know what teams are going to put forth. The Ravens can match any offer. There's the possibility of a poison pill giving a contract out that the Ravens can't match. But if that happens, then they get two first-round picks. Yeah, it's a tough scenario for them. And I think Lamar is looking at someone like Deshaun Watson, who had obviously tons of off-the-field issues, too, and hadn't played in so long, and then got the money he did. But it's also the Browns, who are the Browns. So you're not going to get that many teams doing that um and it is a lot i mean it's a huge cap hit so yeah it, it's and they already had to rework deshaun watson's deal because it's unrealistic and out how many other people have signed since he got that deal i think like three or four people especially in the past few days geno smith mm-hmm. Derek Carr. none of them got guaranteed deals uh-huh. daniel jones not a guaranteed deal so all yeah. this is helping the ravens in a way it's like yeah these guys are getting paid but it's also not guaranteed money so the ravens are thinking all right no one else is going to offer you this deal i don't i don't know where you think this is coming from it's not just us that feel that way so i don't i don't know i mean originally i was thinking you have to get more than two first round picks but 
in a way he's tanking himself. So maybe that's better that they know that they can get two guaranteed first round picks if someone does sign him. But yeah, there's already a lot of teams that came out saying they weren't gonna sign him, like teams that I thought could be fits, like the Falcons. Um yeah, teams that have they, money. Right. So they are interested. I feel like the Falcons, like if he went there, he'd be he'd have another like Kyle Pitts weapon, basically like Andrews, um, and get some other weapons. But, right. The Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders, the Panthers, um, the well, the Jets haven't said no, but they seem to be in talks with Rodgers. I don't really know what's going on with that. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about that? What's how's this? I don't like it. I don't. I mentioned that a couple podcasts ago about the. It's basically Brett Favre 2.0. <laughs> and I mean, maybe you get a decent year because the Jets do have weapons, probably more than the Packers had. Um, yeah, Wilson. I, Wilson's legit. Um, and then obviously you get Brees Hall back and they have a chance to win. Right. Yeah. Cause you would want him plus a, a good young talent to pair with them. So it makes sense. How do you feel about Jimmy G if they went that direction? I'd rather go Jimmy G. Um, but it, de- it depends on what they're going to cost. Like if, if we're giving up two first round picks, I would rather match the Mar, but I, I'd like, yeah. I know that's a huge cap hit too, but I, I like Lamar for that team. But I, I think my order would be Lamar, Jimmy G, and then Rodgers. Any of them would make the season exciting. I think more exciting as a Jets fan than it's been in a while. So I, they know they have to do something. They'll do yeah. it, whether it's a good decision or not. Do you like any of the rookie quarterbacks this year? No. None of them? No. Well, like yeah. uh, Young. Yeah, Young's probably the top guy, but I just – I don't know. I don't know. I'm not willing to – the Jets have had so many failures with their quarterback first-round picks. I just don't want to go there again. What, what's your – what about Phillip Rivers? I heard about him possibly <laughs> wanting to come back. <laughs> Dude, between that tweet and then, like, there was a Tom Brady that he might – I was like, jeez. Oh, I don't want Rivers. <laughs> yeah. Might as well just – plug in matt ryan at that point i was yo that's crazy i was literally about to say how matt ryan played so bad this year and i mean philip rivers last year on the colts he went like 11 and 5 i think but he's been out of the league a few years now and he already kind of had a new dorm so yeah hey maybe if mccarran keeps uh keeps reforming yeah Yeah. and josh gordon yeah well i i'd be down but yeah he, I think he's going to get an NFL contract out of this. I saw that he said that he had backup offers for more money, but he wants to play because he wants to show his kids like highlights of him when they're older, like yeah. actually playing because he's just sitting on the bench. He can make more money, but he wants to legit play. That's pretty right. cool. And I, I think it's going to work out for him, yeah. Yeah. You know who else I think is going to work out is Derek Carr on the Saints. Their yeah. division is still absolute garbage until a couple of quarterbacks can win there. And he has a chance, I mean, not to like go off, but their defense is still pretty good. Um, I'm not going to really rely on Michael Thomas a ton, but Alvin Chris Olave. Oh, yeah, Chris Olave. Yeah. And so if Michael Thomas can play half the games and Alvin Kamara is still trucking back there, they could easily win the division yeah. and he could look a lot going from probably the best division or one of the best divisions in the NFL to maybe the worst is a good scenario for him. Yeah. Thomas just has to get off social media and actually play football or something. He's, 
Yeah. Because he's a top five wide receiver when he was healthy yeah. and at the top of his game. I mean, he legitimately was hard to guard. The fantasy stud. Yeah. It's a shame that it just really fell off the face of the earth. It's weird how many wide receivers you kind of see. They just fall from grace so drastically. Running backs now too. Running yeah. backs too. Same yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw the Giants franchise tag Saquon and I mean, he's another one of those guys that basically he almost fell off and then he had a really good comeback mm-hmm. here, but I mean, you never know. It's just Yeah. It's just a different it's a different league now with uh, especially with like the running backs and the wide receivers. You can be super top-notch, top 5 in the league and then just drop with like one or two injuries, but I mean, it's nice to see Saquon going back to the Giants. I think that'll definitely help them out. And I mean, I don't know what's going on with Daniel Jones's four-year contract, but it's probably better to try to keep some consistency. And obviously, Dable wanted him there, so mm-hmm. I feel like Giants fans, for the most part, are okay with it. Yeah, I mean, this was his year to kind of do or die year for him, and he showed up. So. Yeah, he's yeah. almost the new Sam Bradford. He's just timely. Top pick in a, and like his draft class was awful. He's in there, gets a top pick. He does nothing for three and a half seasons, comes to work for one season, gets paid like a top five quarterback. And now he knows he can mess around for at least two years, possibly three, and then cash that in for a nice backup role somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's NFL is one of those sports where it's always exciting. Um, I think basically between NFL, MLB, and NBA, there's always something to talk about. So I'm glad that we touched on um, the NFL today. Did anyone else have anything? No? All right, cool. Well, quickly, I know we're going into our first little segments time of the show. And for me, I just wanted to quickly touch on my 76ers chase your 76ers as well i know last week i was raging about them and super salty well this past week they went on a five-game road trip they went four and one they beat the bucks off of a 16-game winning streak knocked them off on a huge saturday night primetime game was super hype and then on a monday tuesday back-to-back with some players in and out of the lineups toby missed like half a game james harden sat tuesday night against the t wolves and and B just really, really decided to show showcase his ability and talent on a back-to-back, which he in his career has played in minimal. And in those two games, he dropped 81 total points and he went 28 from 28 to the line. And it was just something, it was so insane that my mom called me this morning and was like, yo, MB did not miss a free throw in the last 48 hours. I was like, I gotta, I gotta hype you up on the podcast because <laughs> my, my mom has been a huge Sixers fan since the AI days. She got me into watching the Sixers back in those Drew Holiday and Andre Godala days and even a little bit of AI when I was, when I was real little, but, but yeah, I mean, MB is, it's crazy that he's probably still like, third maybe right now on the MVP voting I mean there's still a quarter of the season left uh anything can happen but it's just what he's doing is it's I I just I can't it's crazy like every time I watch him watching his process years it's just I truly enjoy it so but and they got coming up on their schedule they got a bunch of winnable games they got Portland Friday 
Um, Nurkic is coming back, I think, tonight, but we'll, we'll see. And then they have, like, Charlotte, a couple games against the Bulls and the Cavs. So, to end this season, their schedule's tough, but I'm, I'm high on them right now, and if they could somehow sneak ahead of Boston for that second seed, that'd be, that'd be ideal. But, yeah, I just had to touch on my Sixers. Um, Chase, did you, did you want to go next for your little personal segment? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the team across the way from the Sixers, the Phillies. And the Philadelphia Inquirer this week published an article about a study they did about the chemicals at the vet in the turf and how it's linked to six players' deaths. And it gave them a rare form, a rare aggressive form of brain cancer called geoblastoma. And this kind of like hits home because a lot of these players complain all the time like former players john crook on the broadcast now talks about the vet the awful odors that would come from the astroturf and how just awful it was and when the inquirer bought pieces off of ebay they had it analyzed and they found that they had forever chemicals in them which means that they don't break down and they've remained in the human body forever they don't ever go away so it's a terrible thing that happened and um of the players who got it that died from it was Tug McGraw, John Vukovic, Ken Brett, Dan Quisenberry, Johnny Oates, and I'm pretty sure Darren Dahl was also a part of this. Um, because and it happened quick. I remember it was probably about 2010, but he used to be on a local radio station and would do a show, and then all of a sudden he wasn't on anymore after being there for like a few years. And I thought it was just pretty rare because he doesn't really do that, and he got sick, and then all of a sudden, like six months after that, he was dead. And um, you know, just it seemed off at the time. It seemed weird. And then hearing former players, his former teammates talking about it all the time, it's just hard to ignore the fact that something serious happened there. And the Phillies on their part, whether it was just ne- negligence then, or just trying to hide it now, it's a bad thing. That's going to, it's going to go with them. And if it doesn't affect more players, I'm sure, you know, something else is going to come out about it. Jeez. Yeah, it's That's a rough crazy. story. That's yeah, crazy. especially yeah. I mean, McGraw and Dalton, two names I definitely recognize. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's got to be semi scary for families of players that played on it. Because obviously, I mean, it's sad the list you gave, but there's tens of hundreds of other players who spent a lot of time on the turf field. So. And, like, all the players who were in the Phillies division that played games there, like players in the Mets, like, right. people spent time there, too. So, it's not just them. Obviously, the Phillies spent a little bit more time there, but it's rough. And, you know, it's just one of these things. It's like the concussions in the NFL and the turf. It's just all these things that come out where you just realize it was like, wow, these guys put their bodies on the line and then had stuff happen to them that could have been prevented this whole time. Yeah. So, it's not only that, but... Yeah, it just shows you. And not to keep it on a down note, but last week I brought up Leonard Skinner's documentary. And uh, if you haven't watched it yet, definitely go watch it, especially now if you need a reason. Gary Rossington, the last original member of Leonard Skinner, he died on Sunday. And I just feel like it was kind of crazy bringing it up and talking about it. And then he literally, he was in a bad state of health. He had, um, I think, a heart attack last year and heart surgery to follow. But he died. And, uh, yeah, it just really hit home because I was talking about it. This band means a lot to me now because of just watching it and listening to their music and reading their lyrics and just understanding what they're truly about it you know, really hits home. So I was listening to him this weekend and uh, Ben texted me and let me know. And I put him on right away. 
and uh yeah i don't know just crazy how it happens like that sometimes yeah we'll definitely have to uh play some music while you're here and just kind of yeah listen to them all together yeah after this go put on saturday night special it's an amazing song wouldn't realize it's Leonard Skinner, but it's tremendous as joey diaz says dang yeah from the highs of the sixers to the lows of yeah joey's and Leonard Skinner. yeah, yeah. And ben, are you somewhere in the middle ben for your personal segment yeah it's uh it's a little bit in the middle um i'm just gonna quickly talk about so i wanted to touch on the topic of sports car breaking um and basically box breaking which is you buy into a break and you can pick a team, whatever. Um, people do it on YouTube, on Instagram. There's other apps. But this past week, TikTok actually banned uh, card breaking on their platform um, because they cited it as a form of gambling. And it brings up a lot of interesting discussion because there's really no regulations for it. So a 12-year-old kid can get into a break because it's sports cards, but technically a 12 year old kid is also gambling money with sports cards. So it's, it's a tough mm. topic and I don't know if YouTube is going to eventually follow suit, uh, but it's a, it's a part of the hobby that basically is a form of gambling. And I thought it was interesting that TikTok took the step of just totally banning it um, on their platform with fanatics buying tops and most and basically in two years they take the licenses of they have the mlb license but in a couple of years they'll have the nba and nfl and what's most likely going to happen is they're going to regulate breaking because they have a monopoly on everything so in order to do that what's going to probably happen is these companies or breakers are going to have to follow regulations fanatics puts out and that's probably what this is going towards when you have a lot of just random people doing this and you can have kids buying into these breaks um last year i think a it was a 13 year old kid hit the mac jones 101 autograph from prism um which i mean at the time he sold it for a hundred thousand dollars which is good for him because it's not worth that now but mm. like <laughs> but then it's also like wait a 13 year old kid just spent 200 dollars on a break that's basically gambling so it's a interesting topic and discussion and just so, and you can probably explain it better than me. Breaking is not just going to Walmart, buying a box of cards and opening it for fun. It's like a process. A lot of, a lot of kids do it like on a YouTube show. They're expecting some type of big money card. That's why they bought it. Um, there's a difference, right? Between just opening a box of cards you buy at Walmart and actually, you know, putting money into trying to hit on a big card yes basically what it would be is if i bought 10 boxes of cards and i set up a break i divided say it's 20 dollars a box of 200 dollars total and i sold all 30 teams for 200 divided by 30 and so there's 30 people with the team in the break and they each get whatever team that i hit so random whatever comes out of the box they get so at that price point it's not a big deal because you lose some a little bit of money or something but you have these breaks that are hundreds of hundreds of dollars and people get skunked and that's that really that's what happens dang mm. people making sports cards so deep sometimes like i just like going to the shows and just looking at all mm -hmm. the cool cards <laughs> and just i don't know taking yeah. it all in and then there's always some like 
Whenever we go to a show, there's some 11 year old there with like just a stack of hundreds in his hands. And I'm just like, what is going on here? How does he know? Like, it's crazy because it is like a business on top of it being fun. And this is definitely, that's an area we'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye on, see what YouTube does. Cause I know there's a ton, I mean, not just with cards, like Pokemon cards, like all types of sports cards, mm-hmm. non-sports cards, everyone breaks. So yeah, that's not going to go away. It's just a matter of how it's going to get regulated really is what it comes down to. Cause that's a big part of the hobby and, the reality is these boxes that are a thousand, two thousand. I mean, there's boxes up literally twenty five thousand dollars a box of cards, and so people can't really afford that. So it, yeah, you know, it's a breaking situation. That's crazy. I don't think of it as like gambling, but you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, I mean, when you go to like Walmart and you buy a box of twenty dollars, and you you get cards, so it's not like even if you don't make your money back, it's not gambling. Yeah, it's a transaction, sale. yeah. But if you're buying into a break, watching on YouTube, spending $400 and then getting nothing in return, which is the risk you take. Which I think is hilarious that TikTok does that just because of... Yeah, no, for TikTok to do it, you know, they, I mean, they have a lot of other issues and I'm sure if you saw yeah. one Joe Rogan kind of listing all the things. Yeah, it's not do. like they back engineer their app and steal all your data and everything yeah. you're connected to or anything like that. Anything, I'm not saying that they do that, but... If anyone wants to read TikTok's user agreement, um, yeah, feel free. Yeah, so there's that. Exactly. But no gambling. Don't open those cards. Yeah, don't open, dirty people. Don't open sports cards. Don't do it. All right, guys. I'm going to tell you guys a question again from the uh, break we had. So the question for the trivia was: Who had the most doubles in a single season for the Phillies since 1950? Oh, it's a it's a single season. Single season for the Phillies since 1950. I mean, in 1950, because as you get farther back, there's some weird stats. And yeah, the number is 50. 50 doubles since 1950. I'm going to go for the surface pick. I'm going to say J-Roll. Jim Tomey. Okay. I I just feel like we had a... What's the thought behind that? I I feel like I just remember seeing highlights of gappers. Yeah, I I can see that. I can see it. Okay, okay. My follow-up pick is Raul Abanez. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Did he ever top 25? (laughs) maybe i bet you he, he did. probably did all right so the answer is bobby abrahu are you joking okay me? No. so same line of thought there yeah bobby i abrahu. knew it had to be i think j-roll had third was i think third with in the phillies i think abrahu had the top two and then j-roll Damn. i guess on like a week or two ago i guess yeah. bobby abrahu and, and made fun of me for it so i was like <laughs> i'm never saying his name again oh. and i was like i basically was like this has to be a a power to semi-power lefty to just hits a yeah, bunch of gappers in Citizen Bank Park. If I raked off that wall, oh just yeah, getting people all confused and he's just buffling around first. Oh yeah, when Bobby got ahead of speed, ahead yeah. of steam, you couldn't. He was going. He's some good all-star years. So want a home run derby? <laughs> <laughs> all right, you have another question. Yeah, one more trivia here. Um, so. There are three guys who have the most consecutive games with a home run at eight. Who are those three guys? Oh, I feel like I knew this at one point. So most games, most games in a row 
eight games in a row. Yeah. With there at least are, one home run. There are two. Two of the three are definitely very gettable. One is not probably. They're two. They're like recent guys, right? Recent-ish. They're definitely guys. You guys. They're definitely knowable yeah. guys. One is is not really. I didn't know. I'll just say the one because no one's gonna get it. It's his All name's right. Dale Long, and he had like 140 career home runs. <laughs> I, I, thought you, in a row. <laughs> I thought you were about to say Del Crandall. Oh yeah, Del oh. Crandall. I did. I did get a Del Crandall card for anyone who was wondering. So shout out to to the guy who got me one of those. Yeah, hell yeah, Del Crandall it's, for the win. Chase, it's a sweet Del Crandall card. I can't wait to you come to see. Yeah, it. I need to see that. I need to see yeah. that Del Crandall action. Did you actually see I, it? I, I haven't actually seen it, but Ben sent me a picture <laughs> of it. Yeah, I saw the picture. Oh, it's on a slate. It looks good. Del Crandall's looking right. funny. He's posted up for the show. Because every show goes out to Del Crandall. Yeah. From this point on, yeah. Yes. Always, always pouring one out for Del Crandall. Yeah. All right. Underrated. All right. So, wait, Ben, who was the one guy? Dale Long. Dale, Dale Long. Long. Get about what do he play for? Do we have any stats on that guy? Where did he play? He played for the Pirates. Um, oh, right. As you guys think of the other two, I'll give you his stats here quick. Chase, okay. Chase, I feel like one of the two has to be a Rocky. I just feel like, like, didn't like Arenado or Trevor Story or something have a crazy... Trevor Story... Didn't he have like a crazy that. start? Yeah. It might have not been in a row, though. Yeah, I feel like he would hit a bunch in a game. I want to say Pujols. As one. Well, that's a guess. Okay. I'm going to lock that yeah. in too. Okay. You get it? No. Oh, okay. It's a heart. <laughs> no. You want me to tell you guys? Is it Mickey? No. Can you All give right. us the two teams? Yeah. Because it's, it's, yeah. Because yeah. I have some outside players that I feel like I might Yankees be. Yankees but... and uh, Mariners. Mm. A Rod? No. Tan Griffey Jr. Yes. That is one. Okay. Okay, and then the Yankees. Yes. Oh, of course they're loaded. I'm gonna go. I'm if gonna it's go. like Jason Giambi, I'm, I'm gonna be kind of. Right, the stretch was July 8th to July 18th of 1987. Oh, all right, all right. Uh, oh, oh, who is their first baseman? Oh, who is their first baseman on those teams? Um, it's gotta be him. He ended his career on like the Marlins. Oh, Don Mattingly. Yes. Let's go. Uh, Whoa, Paul! Oh my gosh! (laughs) I don't know how I got that. That was tremendous! Wow, I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Um, I don't know if he was on Seinfeld. I don't I don't know where (laughs) I pulled Mattingly out. That was no Jeter was on Seinfeld. Who was was it? Bernie Williams and Jeter and. Uh, That's right. I, I'm not so, I haven't really watched Dale, Dale Long 267 um 132 homers. All right, that was it for me. No, that was, that was a good, a good one. one. Yeah. Damn. I'm, I'm super pumped about the Don Mattingly. Yeah, that was that was incredible. <laughs> I also don't what I don't know. If, I know he was the Marlins manager. I don't know where he ended his career. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, that was that was a fun way to end the show, Ben. It's always it's always good getting the trivia questions and I'll have to pull some out to myself. Um, I'm hype about that. But yeah, just quick shout out to all our listeners again um, for hopping on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate you. Um, keep letting us know if you want us to talk about anything. 
try to really hammer in World Baseball Classic and March Madness next week, but obviously some other stuff too. Um, but yeah, after further review, episode five, you already know, Rod Red, Chizzy Chase, and Tootsie Rolls Band.